Hey Rockbridge, my name is Matt. I want to just welcome you at whatever campus that you have gathered uh, to be with us this weekend. Thank you for being here. And for the next two weeks, we've just got a, a real special time that's real important for us as Rockbridgers as we're constantly trying to look and see where we see God moving and where we see God working. And then we, in faithfulness, join Him in those endeavors. So what we're going to do this weekend in particular is we're going to look back in 2018 and just sort of ask this question, where do we see God? Where have we seen God over the past 365 days, the past 12 months, just move and manifest himself among us, in us, and through us? And to sort of help start this conversation, just want to ask you to reflect for just a moment on a question. And the question is simply this, what are you most thankful for in 2018? When you survey your timeline and what's gone on in your set of circumstances or your life or your heart or your soul even, what are you most thankful for? Now, if you're like me, the, the usual suspects sort of populate that list. Things like, well, I'm thankful for my health or my family, thankful for some financial stability. Uh, maybe you're thankful for just, hey, I, I've got a roof over my head. Some of you, because of maybe what you've gone through medically or, or otherwise, you're just saying, hey, I'm thankful to still be here. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to have a job. Now, what's interesting, though, is a lot of times what we're most thankful for or what most, or, or most readily comes off our tongues and out of our hearts when we express thanks are things that not everyone has in, in the world because not everyone has a job, not everyone has their medical health. And oftentimes, if we even press a little deeper, sometimes the things we, we're most readily thankful for are not ultimate things. They're earthly things. Uh, they're temporary things, and by all means, we thank God for those things, and, and we don't take them for granted. But what if we were to get in touch with the things that are ultimate and reflect for a moment on what we are thankful for that are ultimate? And, and, and to help you think this way, I, I want to share a passage of Scripture with you from the Apostle Paul, and it comes from 2 Thessalonians, and we'll just read a couple of verses here. But he says this, he says, grace to you, he's writing to a church, a grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so since your faith is flourishing and the love each of you has for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast among you, among God's churches, about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring." Now, it seems like Paul omits certain things uh, because he doesn't talk about the economy. He doesn't talk about a bank account. He doesn't talk about job stability or, or even health. But what Paul is most thankful for is when he surveys this, this incredible church at Thessalonica, he is most thankful for the faithfulness of a group of God's people in a specific location, in a specific time in the history of God. He's most thankful for them and the faithful lives that they've been living, the faith that's been flourishing in his words, all because of the grace of God at work in them and at work through them. And so what if, Rockbridge, we looked back over the past 365 days or so, and we looked for evidence of where God's grace had produced faithfulness in us, and we thanked God 
for how he had done ultimate things in us and how he has done ultimate things for us and how he has done ultimate things through us in 2018. Well, hey, Rockbridge, as Matt said, we want to take some time this weekend and look back on 2018 and look at example after example of where we see God in the lives and the hearts of the people uh, like you serving here at Rockbridge, a part of the mission and being reached and being served by that mission. And we're joined this uh, weekend by a couple of great people. We've got Kristen West, who just recently served at our Chatsworth campus and also serves as our director of administration now as of what, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago? Basically, yeah, yeah. December 1st, but yesterday, okay. last week, the week before is more of a dive-in process. Right, yes. all right. So Kristen has seen 2018 through the lens primarily of our Chatsworth campus, but also has been pretty engaged across all of our campuses as well. Yes. And then also joined with us this weekend is Tim Irwin, our elder chair. So uh, we've got a great group of directional elders uh, who guide and direct and lead Rockbridge forward. And Tim kind of, though he wouldn't say it, kind of sits at the point of that and gets to uh, guide and lead and shepherd that group uh, as they seek to guide and lead our, our church. Bunch of wonderful guys. Love serving yeah. with them. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys joining us this weekend. Excited to celebrate what God has been doing here. And as uh, you, if you've been at Rockbridge at all this year, you've heard us talk a lot about baptisms. And baptisms is really important to us because when we think about our mission to connect people from all walks of life to life in Christ, baptism is the initial step that someone takes when they connect to life in Christ. And so, so many of you have been praying for individuals in your life to come and connect to Jesus. So many of you have seen people in your lives come and connect to Jesus. And we have seen literally hundreds of people this year come, connect to Jesus, and be baptized. Isn't that right? Yes, absolutely. Quite a lot. Yeah. Much more than last year, even at this point in time. That's right. So last year, we baptized, what, approximately about 100 and just shy of 200, yeah, right? Like just shy of four. Yeah. Okay. And so this year, Kristen, how many people did we baptize this year in 2018? What did it land at? We are very close to the 300 mark. Are we really? Like yes. two, 299. It's like 299 when okay, we checked so like, it last. We're like one away there. So we've yes. seen 299 people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior in their life and take that initial next step of baptism, which is pretty exciting, uh, pretty encouraged by that. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, here's here's the thing that we we constantly remind ourselves uh, week in and week out is that 299 is a really, really big number, uh, but 299 is just the sum of a bunch of ones, right? It's not 299. It's one plus one plus one plus one, 299 times over. And so we have celebrated story after story this year across all five campuses. And we were really, kind of our team was really moved and encouraged by the 200th baptism. Do you remember yes. that, Kristen? Oh, my goodness, yes. It was a remarkable story. Yeah, absolutely. Ashley, that's right. And it was at the Calhoun campus, right. Tim, where you uh, and right. your wife remembers a story of Ashley who came uh, to know Jesus and was baptized here yes. um, back uh, earlier this year. I would love for us just to take a moment this weekend and just remind ourselves of what God's done in the lives of so many people, but particularly in the story of Ashley. Let's go ahead and just check out that story. This is what Ashley wrote. Since I was a kid, I've known about God and how he sent his only son to die to save me so I could spend eternity with him in heaven, but I never truly believed it. Why would someone give their only son to die for people he didn't know? My siblings and I were taken from my birth mom and placed in the system when I was younger. My two younger siblings were adopted two weeks after her rights were terminated and a month after my older sister was adopted. I was left and labeled the troubled child. By the time I aged out, I had been in 37 foster homes and two potential adoption homes 
that fell through. I met my mom and dad who have stayed with me since I was 17. Going through all of the rejection, emotional turmoil, and heartache created this huge hole inside my heart that I took into adulthood. I tried to fill that hole with toxic relationships, friendships, drugs, sex, and relationships after relationships. I hated myself and I hated God for putting me through everything I went through and was going through. I was searching to fill this huge hole that was created as a child with everything but God. In 2014, my birth mom died only after being reunited with her for three years. That time I turned to drugs. In 2017, my best friend committed suicide two hours before we were to get together. I turned to drugs and alcohol harder than I had ever in my entire life, from sunup to pass out. May 10th, 2017, I tried to commit suicide. By the grace of God, I was found and saved. It's been a long and hard journey, but God, my mom and dad, and my family have got me through it. March of this year, I found God again. Well, I looked to him again and saw him in such a profound way, in a new way. I don't know how I could have ever doubted him before. How could have I not seen him before? He has always been there in every step I took, standing right in front of me. Everywhere I look and every face I see, every word spoken, every tear shed, every smile shared, seeing how much mom and dad love unconditionally and fully, even when it was hard and painful. That's God's love. Because I know that that love and I know God through Christ, I smile more. Praying isn't a chore anymore. It's talking to my best friend. I thank him when I'm hurting. I sing with tears in my eyes because I'm so thankful he gave his only son because he loves me and he loves you. Like a song said, I want to be changed until all of me is gone and all that remains is a fire so bright the whole world will see a difference in me. What I went through, what I had to go through so I could share my story and help people know God loves you too. You are not alone. You are loved. You are wanted. You are needed and God loves you. Yes, the pain is real, but God is bigger than your pain and suffering. God can take away that pain and replace it with peace. You just have to give it to him. From someone who had no hope, no life left in their eyes, trust me, look at my eyes just like, and just look at God who can take away your pain. God is love and God is hope. My honor, mom's honor today to stand here with you share this time with you and we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that never gets old. Never. And honestly, if that ever begins to get old, I think we need to do a that's, heart check right. and that's check exactly ourselves right. because Ashley's testimony is straight out of Second Corinthians where it is written that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things, the old things have passed away, but all things have become new. Her testimony is outstanding. Yeah. That just doesn't get old. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you this too. I, even, I 
connected with her campus pastor, Carl, and says, hey, do you think Ashley would be okay if we shared her story with our church? Yes. And he goes, I will check with her, but I'm sure the answer is yes, because she wants to shout this from the, his words, she wants to shout this from the rooftops. No about doubt. What has done in her life. It's amazing. You know, I mean, every, every baptism is, is fantastic and special, but you know, when I see that again, I just get so excited about a girl who turned her life over to Christ, who made a change. Christ made a change in her yes. and you could see it from yes. the very start. And it's just fantastic. Well, we have seen that happen in the lives of 299 individuals this year. And I was thinking about that number 299. I don't know if you guys, that hung you guys up at all. Because I was a little bit frustrated. I was like, well, come on, why, why can't it at Just least one be more. 300? Just one right? more. Right? But you know what that made me think about? What? Right? There should always be one more. Exactly. Right? Like there should right. always be, yes, we've seen 299 people be baptized, but we should always be looking for that next one, right? Who's that one person that God right. is calling us to reach out to and to invite? And I know that's something that we've focused on at all five campuses is that invitational focus and identifying that single individual in your life. And Kristen, I know even in Chatsworth, you guys have been really intentional with that. Absolutely. Well. It is something we cascade or have cascaded at the Chatsworth campus over and over, especially to our host teams, especially to our connectors especially to the first-time team there that are in the lobby, the connections are beyond important because of invitations. And as we have fostered this evangelistic culture at Rockbridge this year, we have seen more and more people come through the doors of our campuses and plug in to not just Life in Christ, but the baptisms and, well, the hope initiatives and the other things that we're going to touch on here. So, yeah, it's well, you remarkable. Guys, you guys have seen even just an example of what the power of an invite looks like, right, from yes. person to person. Yes. So we had a really, really fun testimony at the Chatsworth campus just because it was like a domino effect. Mm. We had one family that reached out and invited another family. Yeah. That family came, came to know life in Christ, was baptized, invited another family, and it went on and on for like four tiers down yeah. the road. So yeah. it, we call it the domino effect, but it was an amazing story of how one invitation mm had such an impact yeah. to bring people to life in Christ. Oh, Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, hey, you know, we talk a lot about invitations, and we talk a lot about sharing our faith yes. and, and living sent and all that. And one of the ways that we also live sent and seek to share our faith is through our hope expressions. Yes. Right? I mean, just Absolutely. through living sent and that. And we've seen just, I mean, so many different hope expressions and the impact that those have in the community, the opportunities that they create for people to share their faith and invite others to come and join them at church. And there's a, a story here recently that we heard, and we said we've got to capture that, of just what it looks like when a hope expression creates a relationship and an opportunity for people to uh, begin to share their faith and, and just connect to life in Christ. Right. And so it was at our Hickson campus, a great hope ex- uh, expression called the Birthday Club. And I would love for us all just to check out a really cool story that came okay. from the Birthday Club. So the birthday club is our chance to love on kids in our community. We have a partnership with the bakery. We pick up cupcakes. We get a head count of how many kids are having a birthday that month. We take them to the school. We set up a pretty table. And the kids come to us during their lunchtime. And we give them a cupcake and a high five and just love on them in Jesus' name. My son goes to Hickson Elementary. And he came home um, one day and said, Mom, there's a group of ladies that comes to our school and they bring cupcakes. And he also had some 
uh, pencils and things that they also gave to him and um, little information about Rockbridge. He was so happy about him receiving the cupcake. And so I said, I'm going to go visit. And I did. When I came to Rockbridge, it was, it was such a wonderful experience. Everybody that I came in contact with was truly genuine and friendly. And I've been here ever since. One day I was working with Rockbridge Kids and I had a little boy come in. He was a new new kid. And he was like, hey, you gave me a cupcake. <laughs> and so it turns out that they visited our campus just because of this cupcake. His mom came to pick him up later and we, we talked. And she was just really um, excited to think that somebody would love on her kid in this way. And now Sherry and I are friends. And so this one little tiny act has connected and made, turned into a relationship. Just for that very first visit, um, I had the inspiration from Rockbridge to want to be involved. I actually am part of the host team. I get to greet everyone, um, and it is so enjoyable because I get a lot of hugs, and, um, and even when we get new people, I get to show them the experience that I had when I came to Rockbridge. Since I came to Rockbridge, when I am listening to the message every Sunday, or even when I'm listening to it again um, at home, um, I learn something every time. I'm always learning something different. And learning something different strengthens my relationship with Christ. It's just amazing to me how something as simple as a cupcake can make such an impact on somebody's life. What do you say to that? I mean, it was a cupcake. Wow. Yeah. But it absolutely was used by God to transform lives. Yeah. Well, like you say, Kristen, with that little thing, it starts with a cupcake. Yes. And that's it. That's, yeah. that's where it begins. It's wonderful. Yeah. And because Rockbridge is everywhere, are living tent, right? Doing so many of the things that we've talked about this weekend so far. Mm-hmm. We're hitting a spot where, especially two of our campuses, we're just packed wall to wall. I mean, I, even a couple of weekends ago, I was at a Ringo campus, and literally we did not have space for people to come and have a seat. And it wasn't even a holiday. We're not even talking Christmas weekend. We're talking the weekend before Christmas where we're having to put up seats in the lobby to make it happen. And so, Tim, you've been really invested um, and involved in the development of our buildings. Uh, Calhoun's going fantastic. Uh, we've kind of got a preliminary June date uh, for to us to move into our new building. Uh, you know, our people are just fantastic in, in their heart and their giving, giving sacrificially. Uh, 6.1 million pledged, almost 6.2 million already uh, received. We're just excited about what's going on in Bold. Uh, and again, Ringo is moving forward. We're moving lots of dirt up in Ringo, and and I just uh, I'm just so excited that uh, not only not only financially. But the people are getting behind the projects. We're mm-hmm. excited about new platforms. These aren't buildings. These are platforms right. to reach people, to mm-hmm. bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that, to me, is what's more exciting about, about the whole project, is that people are looking at these as platforms, right. as opportunities, more opportunity to uh, invite, more opportunity to uh, volunteer and to become a team member. And I think that's what's so important about some of this. And uh, I'm really excited about what's going on in 2019. 
is going to be really great. Absolutely. Yeah. And because Rockbridgers have been so uh, generous and so invested in the Bold Initiative, and to tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I believe, if I remember right, Chatsworth, we were able to build that building completely debt-free. Completely debt-free. We're already going to be able to build one of the two buildings that are currently in process completely debt-free. Completely debt-free. everything we can to, uh, you know, to, to pay for as much as we possibly can with that third building that's also that's right. in process right now because people have been so incredibly generous mm-hmm. um, and investing in God's kingdom. It's amazing. Absolutely. Well, hey, Rockbridgers, we're not, we're not just living sent through hope and through bold here locally. You know, in five communities, we're living sent globally as well, and you guys know that and have been you know, involved in getting people engaged in global missions, and it's been pretty neat to see this year. Um, in 2018, we saw uh, people engage in a variety of trips, you know, 11 different trips. Four of those trips were international. We went to Honduras, I believe. We went to uh, Ukraine, to Haiti, and also several trips to Florida, including disaster relief, even after um, hurricane cleanup uh, initiatives right. there. We've been sending trip after trip. So this year in 2018, almost 200 Rock Bridgers. Can you believe that? Almost 200 Rock yeah. Bridgers live sent on a missions trip, whether domestic or global. Pretty encouraged and excited by that. And 2019 trips are wide open. Still an opportunity to be a part of what God's going to do next year. So as we we continue to uh, invest in Live Sent and reach people both internationally, domestically, and in five different communities, as we continue to make room for more people, we continue to, to see more people come and engage in the mission, but we also have to grow smaller in that as well, right? We can't, we don't want to just be a big church filled with a bunch of people who come in and kind of brush shoulders and, you know, maybe recognize each other in the hallway. We want to be a small church. We want to be a church that that is small, right? That where the community exists, relationships happen. And Tim, I mean, you know this just as much as anybody, the best place for that to happen is in our small groups, right? Small groups. Absolutely. Um, You know, in our small group, we have a diversity of uh, young Christians uh, to folks like me that's been Mm in, you know, in the church for some time. And and uh, it's amazing to see this, how God works, how God moves in, in those groups. And, and you know, we're, we're family. And if I could just yeah, boost that Please. and say that the service teams that we have here at Rockbridge, mm-hmm. the host teams, the cafe teams, the Rockbridge kids, the Rockbridge students, those, those groups become small groups as well. Absolutely. When people are serving on those teams and they're forming community and they're getting to yeah. know each other, I know of two specific individuals here recently that are relatively new to Christ, like all in Mm. to Christ, and are finding out what it means to reach out and just connect with one person Mm. and share their story and invest in a cup of coffee. Again, a small thing, kind of like the cupcake and the bag of groceries, a cup of coffee. But they are finding out that there's other people that are truly in need of hearing their story. Mm. So everything that God gives to us uniquely mm. has its place as we turn around and pour that into somebody else. Absolutely. And it's been phenomenal because these individuals aren't necessarily, they're in small groups, but this all has happened through the community of a service team, yeah. host team, greeter team. Yeah. We right. saw an awesome story uh, earlier in 2018 about uh, a couple named Scott and Rosemary where they just shared with us the impact that a small group had on their life. And if you're a small group leader, I want you to just kind of lean in a little bit in this story because I want you to see the difference that you make. Hey, we are Scott and Rosemary King. And we love our small group. Before our small group, we were one foot in church and one foot out of church. We would come in 15 minutes late when the music was over, and then we'd stay until the last song was sung, and then we'd, we'd bail out and 
head to lunch, high-fiving each other because we went to church. That's, honest to goodness, kind of how we felt. You know, and I don't know if we were there to see people or we actually would listen. We didn't take it in. We were back to our our lives, our self-centered lives. It wasn't, there wasn't any meaning. You go to work, you figure out how you're going to buy stuff and do stuff and be like everybody else. We moved to Calhoun two years ago, and we actually moved thinking we moved to start a business. Well, it's come as plain as day now that we moved because God moved us there to start our spiritual life. And so now, you know, with Carl uh, Converse down there, and he, he became, he and I became good friends, and, you know, he, he would suggest. And then and I took it in one ear and out the other, and then we started coming to church on time, you know, and listening to the whole thing. And then we would volunteer for the Coulter Hampton Day out in Snorrell. Then we would volunteer for greeting, and then we would do anything he asked us to. Then he said, well, you know, join one. I said, yeah, we'll come. And when we went, it was over. Then it may not happen like this for everybody, but for us, the first time we went, we were sold. I mean, I'm just a very introverted person, and sharing um, discussions about religion and things like that was something that I felt was personal, and I wanted to do it on my own. Um, I never saw the importance of a group of people discussing the Word of Jesus, and it has changed my life completely. I mean, our marriage, everything. The small group has led to mission trips, has led to being more involved in anything one of us does, we all do. Anytime there's one of us sick, then we're all end up sick somehow. We're trying to figure out, you know, are you okay? Need anything? Um, anytime they have a problem, it becomes our whole small group's problem. You know, we want to fix it. If you, you're having trouble fixing it, then let's all come together and fix it. And so we normally do. If you're sitting on the fence, this will be the best decision you've ever made. Find the right group and, and give it all you got, and, and you will reap rewards like you've never reaped. God is in our lives now, and He wasn't before, because we're all in, and that's what makes the difference. God and Rosemary are fantastic. Uh, um, you know, I have a little pride there. They're in my small group, oh, and, right. you know, and I, okay. I love these guys. Um, uh, again, they did just uh, last year take their first mission trip, which was absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, just hearing the stories, the way God worked in their lives, and, and you know that's the that's common denominator for small groups. You hear that so much is when people turn loose, when people let go, when mm-hmm. people give it to God and get involved, they mm-hmm. find that God begins to work in their life mm-hmm. to change them in ways that they couldn't possibly mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. And hey, you know what? It's not just it's not just adults. They're sitting in circles like that, right? It's our right. students and it's our kids who are sitting in circles as well. And Tim, I know student ministry is a big piece of your heart. Absolutely. I mean, in Rockbridge, we have such a great, uh, great student ministry. Uh, you know, I've been to a lot of the different campuses and seen yeah. student ministry in action, and it's just fantastic the way that uh, all of our student ministry teams are working and growing kids and growing kids in a manner that grows them closer to Christ and closer to Christ comes through closeness to each other, closeness mm. in community, and that works, and it mm. works to grow them. And, and we've seen uh, lots of baptisms. How many baptisms we had this past? Uh, 80 baptisms in students. That's absolutely fantastic. That's, yeah. yeah. And same with our kids as well. You know, our kids, week in, week out, we have, I mean, just 
hundreds upon hundreds of kids who are walking yeah. in here, some of them dragging their kids to church. Some of you are here today because your kid drug you here, you know, and got you connected and, and helped you discover Rockbridge. Right. Um, but we see family after family here and kid after kid here sitting in a circle in RB Kids with a small group leader connecting right. the life in Christ there. Right. It is incredible. And speaking from all five campuses combined, we have an outstanding Rockbridge Kids staff, Rockbridge Kids volunteers Absolutely. that pour into these little people yeah. week after week. And I know from, again, from experience being at the Chatsworth campus, just like the adults, these little people come from all walks of life. <laughs> and I watch these volunteers and the staff members pour into children that are very diverse. Yeah. They come, some of them come from broken homes. Some of them are in foster home situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are just as many diverse little people, you know, mm-hmm. children, as there are adults that Absolutely. come in. So to emphasize connecting people from all walks of life to mm-hmm. life in Christ goes right down to our next generation that we're raising up, Absolutely. hopefully, to be kingdom seekers and glorify yeah. God. Absolutely. We saw this summer, we talked a lot about Adventure Week and wind shape. And I know sometimes we talk about big things on the front end, but we, we forget to celebrate them on the back end, right? And so this summer, we saw 1,300 uh, kids uh, join and attend us at Adventure Week. That was by far our largest Adventure Week yet, almost 50% more than the previous year. I mean, by far mm-hmm. the most kids we've ever seen at Adventure Week. Many of you were inviting uh, f- friends of your kids or your kids were during the summer inviting their friends who are also kids to come and join them at Adventure Week. Your kids were living sent. And because of it, we've seen at least 50 kids connect to Jesus and accept, uh, accept Jesus and begin a personal relationship with him wow. this year. And that's just, I mean, that's phenomenal. It is. All right. Well, 2018 has obviously been kind of a big year. There's been a lot going on. We have covered a lot this weekend. We've shared a lot of stories. We've celebrated a lot of where we've seen God throughout this year. And so I just want to kind of wrap up this conversation and ask you guys, if you could distill or had to distill 2018 down to a single word, and I know that's hard, but if you could find a single word that would just define 2018 single for word. you that's at not, Rock Bridge. not my nature. Where, you, I understand We are that. word people. Okay. Single word, Tim. <laughs> you, got, you can find it. I think we what's can. Your, what's I your word for can. 2018? Have you found one? Forward. Okay. Tell me. We're moving forward. Okay. Continue to move forward yeah. for Christ and and forward. Absolutely. We saw a lot of kingdom ground taken. We moved forward in many ways this year, fueled by God's grace and his provision and his direction, but it doesn't stop at December 31st, right? That's right. We're going to keep moving. Awesome. Right. Kristen, what's your word? Abundant. Come. In my quiet that I had recently, I was focusing on that verse that Jesus said, he came to give life and life more abundantly. Hmm. Our volunteers have been brought to a place of abundance. Yeah. They're pouring in to other people locally, regionally, globally to become life abundant receivers. Hmm. So abundant would be the word and looking forward to more abundance in 2019. I like it. I like it. My word was, I kind of struggled to find the right word for it, but the best I could come up with was seeds. And as I listened to this, the stories after story after story that we heard this weekend, I see seed after seed that was planted and then bore fruit, right? I see a seed in a cupcake, right? I see a seed in a bag of groceries. I see a seed in an invitation. I see a seed and a step to join a small group. And I mean, Scott and Rosemary had no idea what 
that was going to grow into for them. Right. I see seed after seed planted and the Absolutely. fruit that was harvested because of it, abundance, right? Right. But what I also believe is true is that this year just rolls into the next, and there are so many seeds that I would imagine that have been planted in 2018. Yes, exactly. It's so many seeds that many of you have been planted, even people that maybe you've been uh, inviting to church or praying for who have not yet taken that step. Gosh, that's a story we may be celebrating in 2019. And right. so I just, I get right. excited by the seeds that were planted, have grown, and have borne fruit. Yes. And I get excited for the seeds that have been planted in 2018 that have yet to bear fruit, but that we believe, we trust, and we pray will bear fruit in the year to come. It's Amen. coming. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, we, uh, it's been fun celebrating this, uh, this weekend with you guys and hearing some stories. Yep. And we've kind of distilled it down to our word, and Matt's identified about five words as well that kind of encapsulate our year uh, at Rockbridge. And so we're going to kick it to him and let Matt wrap us up by sharing some themes that he sees in all of these stories. All right, Rockbridge. So in all of these stories, we have just seen God's faithfulness and we've seen God's grace, his undeserved merit and favor just work in people's lives, work in our church. And just to sort of give us a handlebar for these, this faithfulness of God and the grace of God at work in us and through us and for us, I just want to call your attention to give you about five handlebars or five categories or five specific areas where we can look back and unequivocally praise God and thank God for his hand, his grace among us. And the first one is simply this, the gospel. I thank God that this church since day one has been committed to preaching, teaching, living out, and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people. That, that is our commitment. That's why this church came into existence. We didn't come into existence because we thought these Bible Belt towns needed another church. We came into existence because we believed that th- these towns needed a church that was committed to being a bridge builder from people who were disconnected from God. And, and by building a bridge, We build a bridge by proclaiming and demonstrating and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this past year alone, we have baptized nearly 300 people, which is 100 more people than we baptized uh, a year before. And and from all the red cards that you've had and that you've written names on, the people you've prayed for, the people you've built bridges with at work or at the ball field, some of whom who have come to church with you, some of whom who have accepted Christ as their king, as their Lord, and have been baptized. I just praise God for that. I praise God that we've had a group of people who said, hey, I want to go through a class, an environment that will make me better at building bridges and sharing the gospel with others. So we created this environment called Becoming a Contagious Christian, and and, and tens and twenties and dozens of you have gone through that environment, and I thank you for that. But as a church, I look at our church and I say, praise God that we realize while the church is us, And it's not necessarily for us or about us. And what I mean by that is we realize that our mission in this world is sacrificial and our mission in this world is to be faithful in our sentness. You know, we say live sent, that our mission is to live sent, not to sit comfortably, but to live sent. So I thank God for the gospel. Secondly, I thank God that we continue to see uh, our church want to display good works, that we, we want to be the kind of church that if we had to close our doors and shut down, then the mayor and the county commissioners and the school superintendents and, and our friends and neighbors would miss Rockbridge Community Church. And, and they don't even have to come to inside our, our four walls to miss this church because we are committed to demonstrating good works. And, and we do this through what we call our hope ministries, and, and we have literally 
served and blessed and helped dozens and dozens and hundreds and thousands of people with your sweat equity, with your time, with your heart, and with your compassion. Uh, So thank you. Thank you, Rockbridge, for letting God show his love through his people, his hands, his feet here on earth. Third, I thank you for your generosity. It is amazing to me uh, from the single mom who, who gives sacrificially to some of the wealthiest people in our communities who just will walk in the door and, and give money and, and, and contribute to the kingdom work that God is doing here. Specifically, Rockbridge, you know, we are, are in the middle of this bold initiative, which is our effort to prepare for what God has planned. And, and we're praying that God would use us to connect 10,000 people in the, in the Northwest Georgia, Chattanooga, Tennessee Valley area to life in Christ. And, and so we've had to expand our ministry platforms, our, our buildings, and you've pledged and you've given and, and you've given above and beyond your regular giving. And we have at least 101% of pledged dollars that have been given so far. And, and that is remarkable. And, and I thank you for doing that. I thank you for being a blessing and for understanding the truth that you are never more like God than when you give and you can never outgive God. Another one that is hard to sometimes say say thanks for, but I think we have to because God is so good, is the good that God has brought from adversity. I know many of you have experienced suffering in 2018, but you have trusted God. You have leaned into Him. You've leaned not on your own understanding, and instead of becoming bitter You have become better. You've become more Christ-like. And you understand that truth in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, that the joy of the Lord can indeed be your strength. So as we have prayed for you or we visited with you or been your church in adversity and crisis, uh, we've seen God's hand in some unpleasant circumstances, in some unpleasant situations. and, And we praise God that he can bring good out of anything. And that leads me to the last point. I just thank God for God, because He's our anchor. He's our source. He's the reason we exist, and in Him we live and move and have our being. And even when I haven't been faithful, or you haven't been faithful, or we as God's people haven't been faithful, God has been faithful to us. He's been faithful to fulfill His promise to build His church. He's been faithful to save those who call upon His name. And He will be faithful to reward those who seek Him with all their heart or who earnestly seek Him. So it is appropriate as we look back on 2018 and see God's providence, see God's sovereignty, see God's grace, to just thank God for God, for who He is as a faithful, gracious God. And so the most important statement in our mission statement is the first three words, to glorify God. And yes, we glorify God by connecting people from all walks of life to life in Christ, but we stop to die today and remember that our most, the, the, our, the most important part of that mission statement is to glorify God. All of our campuses, I just want to invite you right now to join with me in a special prayer over 2018. God, you're amazing and you're faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, you remain faithful because you can't deny yourself. God, I look back and I see your grace in us and through us and with us and for us 
I see your grace producing faithfulness in your people, and I just thank you, God, and all glory goes to you for anything good that happened in 2018. God, we confess, and we confess openly as a people that in, in some ways, God, we have been less than faithful. God, in, in, we have sinned in some ways, and, and, and we have not loved completely. And, and so, God, we ask you to forgive us, but we thank you, God, that you're promised to build your church, you're promised to honor your word, you're promised to save those who call upon you. Uh, your promise, God, to make us more like Jesus has been true for the past 12 months. So, God, we thank you for 2018. But, God, because of an empty tomb and an all-powerful King of kings and Lord of lords, we firmly believe that the best is yet to come. So, God, as we look back and close a chapter on another year, help us to look forward with faith and expectancy. Help us to look forward with hope and anticipation that the best is yet to come as we follow you, King Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.